Right, is there, is there anybody here who hasn't seen me before? Praise the Lord, wow. So they haven't told you about me then. And, and those of you who have, thank you for coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I know this guy here, I know this guy. Um, yeah, just to let you know, my name's Devon, and my destination's heaven. <laughs> I talk in rhyme all the time. Everything I say rhymes today, that's enough of that. But anyway, just to tell you a little bit about my life. Um, um, I was born as a baby uh, <laughs> at the Birmingham Accident Hospital. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was actually... Um, I was born in, uh, in Selly Oak Hospital, not, not too, too far from here. And growing up, uh, my dad was a Christian, my mom wasn't. Um, but growing up, I remember hearing my dad singing things, you know, singing hymns and things. And he still sings a lot now. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember he would read the Bible and, and he would tell us things about Jesus. And, I, and, I, and we went to Sunday school and all of that was, it was all good and that, but and a lot of us will know that we've been to Sunday school and we've probably decided to go our own way, which is what, you know, that's one of the things that people do. But I do know that there are certain things that were spoken into my life that remained. Parents and grandparents, if you've got children and grandchildren and you're speaking into their lives, the Bible says that train up a child in the way he should go and he'll not depart from it when he's old. Isn't that right, Sid? Right. <laughs> and, uh, and basically, um, the things that my, my dad t told us, we, re we remembered. Now, there, is, there are certain things in my life that I, re I, I consider that God had actually planned to bring me to this very reason that I'm here today. Now when I was a child, when I was a child, I used to, there used to be a program on the telly, some of you um, younger ones will remember this, <laughs> it was called Owen MD. Anybody remember Owen MD? It wasn't that well watched, obviously. <laughs> it used to start off, the theme tune was played on the piano, and I used to sit by the, I sit by the fireplace and I used to pretend that I was actually playing the piano and my parents would watch me and they could see that I had an interest in music and not only that I had an interest in music but they obviously saw that there was some sort of some sort of a talent going on I suppose I don't know but they decided to send me to piano lessons so I went to piano lessons at the at Cannon Hill Art Centre yeah, you all know Canon and Art Centre. And I, I mean, uh, there was times when I, I really struggled because even now I have a problem with reading music. You'll probably notice that I don't ever have any music because I play completely by ear. But um, I did some grades and I got up to grade three, which I was successful. I say I did some grades, I did one. Um, my piano teacher heard me and thought, well, hang on, I think he's probably a bit good for one and two. So we put him straight in at grade three, and I passed that with flying colours. So, um, but God 
was doing something in my life, even as a little 10-year-old. And I want to tell you kids, yeah? Remember this, because God has got a hand on your lives and he can and will do something with your lives if you'll let him. Yeah? And that's not just for kids, that's for every one of us. God can and will do something in each one of our lives if we'll just let him. Now I remember one day when I was playing, I was playing the guitar and I was singing and as, as I was singing, this woman turned to me and she said, Ooh, you have a lovely voice. Now nobody had ever said that to me before. And I thought, but well, I'd never heard anybody say anything like that. And I thought that was really nice. And I remember the one day I was, um, <laughs> I was playing the piano and I was singing. And I thought, oh, I'll record this. Now some of you will probably remember the tape recorders where you pressed record and play. Yeah, as you pressed it down, you had the little cassette. And I, <laughs> I pressed record and play. And I started playing and I started singing. And I thought, right, let's have a listen to this. Rewound it, press play, and it sounded horrible. <laughs> I was horrified. I thought, is this what people hear when I'm singing? I was absolutely, absolutely, I thought, no. And after that, I stopped singing. Now, I used to sing in the school choir. And I remember we were doing things like Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And I was always there and I'd be singing with great gusto. But after hearing that, I stopped singing and all I would do is mime. <laughs> now, I was talking to my old music teacher the other day, just about two weeks ago. And I, I, t I told him about this. And they didn't know that all that time I'd been miming. <laughs> anyway. Going through the years, I came to uh, my uh, CSE music exam, not GCSE, that's how old I am. Uh, and I had to, as part of my music, I had to sing. That wasn't much of a problem, although I was really self-conscious about my singing. And I remember the teacher saying to me, you'll have to sing in class. And I thought, well, I, I don't want to sing in class because my voice sounds horrible. And I've got to, the kids have got to hear me sing. And the teacher said, well, it, you know, it will help you with performance. And you're going to have to perform to the examiner. So I thought, oh dear. So I sang in class. And all the kids were saying to me, you've got a lovely voice, you know. And I thought... Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go out the door and they're all going to have a good giggle amongst themselves. But when it came to the exam, the examiner made a comment to the teacher who came and told me that the examiner thought that I had a, a really good voice. Right. So this is where the problem was. I was now having a problem because people were telling me something. And I had already told myself something. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> yeah? Does it sound familiar when people are trying to tell us things about ourselves? Yeah? Do you know that each one of us, if we're a believer, we are a child of God. Yeah? Each one of us, if we are believers, we are children of the living God. The Bible says that Jesus gives us the right 
to be called children of God, sons of God, it says. Yeah? And, but you might say to yourself, well, hang on a minute. How can I be a child of God? Because I, I think like this, or I do this, or I have these little idiosyncrasies. The truth is the truth. There's a, a phrase that I've coined, um, I can see something that you can't, the back of your head. Yeah? And I can tell you something about the back of your head, and you really just have to trust me. And that's how it is when people tell us certain things about ourselves. We might not think it, but we just have to trust. And as the time went on, as I was saying, now this music teacher had heard me sing, and he, he'd written a little, a little something. He was, he was working on a musical. And this musical, he, he, he called me into the, into the class, and he said, I want you to sing this. And he played it to me, and I sang it. And he said, right. And this musical, he then wrote. And he told me sometime afterwards that he'd wrote the musical around me. The musical was called King. And it was the story of Dr. Martin Luther King. And um, basically what happened was that we put this, we put this, um, this onto the stage. And people got to hear about it. The venues that we played that were... Um, you know, were, were packed to capacity, and the response that we got was absolutely overwhelming. And that made me think, ah, well, perhaps I do have something. But God was still working on this as yet unsaved teenager. After I left school, I went to Swanshurst. Yep. Yeah, that's right. I went to Swansea. My parents wanted a girl. Uh, and that's where I met your sister-in-law. Uh, your sister. Yeah. Um, and uh, while I was there, I was actually doing, um, I was doing music, A-levels in music and English. And I met a girl who rocked my world. <laughs> and... Um, and we got together, we became an item, and we, we later got married and produced six children, one of which is here. Esther, can you stand up? Don't embarrass her, but can you stand up? This is my eldest daughter, Esther. <laughs> this here for Esther. <laughs> yeah, and together we had six children. Now this is where the story starts to develop. Because while I was at school with this girl, this girl had been a Christian and was going to Millpool Hill Church, which is not far from here. It's just up the road, about a quarter of a mile or so. And she asked me if I wanted to come along to the church. So I said, uh, all right then. So I came along. And it was a nice little gathering. I didn't, I uh, wasn't, particularly touched by anything but do you know what God had started something God had started this way way before I was even born but God was orchestrating things to develop me and to bring me to the place where I am today this girl um, she was she used to talk to me about the things of God 
and I'd, I'd listened. She introduced me to some friends. These friends were particularly, um, uh, they, they were particularly um, re responsible um, for me coming to Christ because they were friendly. Not only were they friendly, but they understood the Bible and they opened things up to me. But I was a rebel. I was a rebel. And I remember one night in 1983, I was lying in bed and I was awakened by a flash and I didn't know what was going on. And I remember getting up and it seemed darker than usual. And I remember hearing somebody talk about how um, one day that Jesus will return. Yeah. And when Jesus returns, he's going to judge people according to what they've done and according to what they, how they've believed and everything. Well, I hadn't decided to follow Christ, but I just became aware. No, there was nothing, there's nothing in particular that made me aware of this, only that this thought had just popped into my head. And I remember thinking, I wonder if tonight's the night. It was thundering, it was lightning, and I thought, what if Jesus comes back tonight? And I remember hearing somebody say that when Jesus does come back, we won't have any artificial sunlight, like we've got these lights here, we won't have any electric, electric lights. And I remember going to switch the light on in the bedroom, and nothing. So I went downstairs to the bathroom, and I pulled the cord, and nothing happened. You can guess what happened next, can't you? I fell on my knees and I prayed like I've never prayed before. But I wasn't sincere. But God knew what was happening. Now, after that particular night, I could never ever find peace. Because I don't know where, where I'd heard it or whether I'd read it. It says somewhere in Joel, about the, you know, before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes, that it says that the sun will be darkened and it says the moon shall turn into blood. Well, I mean, this didn't mean anything to me, uh, but up until that time, every time the clouds went over the sun, I'd think, is this it? And sometimes I'd be walking home at night and I'd see the moon and it would be blood red. And I think, is this it? So I couldn't find peace, neither day nor night. But I told nobody about it. I said nothing to anybody. I was Mr. Cool, I'll have you know. I don't deal with any of that Christian stuff. I was Mr. Cool. And the one day, Esther's mom was, uh, she'd come from church. I, I was waiting for her outside church. And I walked her and her mum back to their back to their little maze in it. And we her mum walked into the kitchen and she put the Bible down, said a few words and then went back into the living room. We stayed in the kitchen. But Esther's mum said to me, Sit down and I'll read the Bible to you. Knowing nothing about what I was going through. I was trying to be Mr. Cool, you know, and yet I couldn't find peace day or night. And she sat me down and she opened the Bible up at random 
and to turn to a passage of scripture, St. John 14, and it starts off with these words. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But just those first few words, do not let your hearts be troubled, hit here. But then bounced off because I thought, hang on a minute. Because if you look in it, if you look at it, St. John 14 verse 1, it says hearts, plural. And she continued to read through this particular passage of scripture. And then she came to another similar verse, which says, do not let your heart, singular, be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And my chains just fell off immediately. Yeah? My chains fell off, and I tell you what, I felt lighter than anything. There was no response, you know, there was no call for, you know, if you want to know Jesus, come forward. There was nothing like that. I knew that I knew that I knew that Jesus Christ had set me free. And it was a tremendous... I tell you what, it, unless you've been bound up with fear, you don't know what it's like. The Bible tells us that perfect love drives out all fear. If there's anybody who's fearful about anything here tonight, if there's anybody who's fearful about anything, understand this. Perfect love drives out all fear. You say, well, where can I find this perfect love? Does anybody know? The Lord. The Lord. He is love we all many of us will probably be familiar with the love chapter 1 corinthians 13 yeah if you think about those words you can replace the word love with god love is patient love is kind love believes all things yeah and this is god god is patient god is kind God is all of those things. And God came into my life that day. It was a Sunday night. It was, it was a Sunday afternoon, sorry. It was July 17th, 1983. And I remember exactly where I was. And I tell you what, my chains just absolutely fell off. And I was actually, um, you know, as I said, I was, I was involved with music and everything. I'd been involved with the musical and I've been listening I'd also been listening to some gospel music which also had a profound effect on me and I'm, I'm going to sing one of those to you in a moment um, I, I also tried, tried my hand at writing songs and I'm just going to share this one with you it's called Who Cares right and that's a, that is one of the, the, the um, uh, uh, statements that is, is bounded about today, who cares? People say it in, in absolute you know, um, uh, uh, rebellion against authority, who cares? You know? or, they, or people are really genuinely asking themselves, well, who really does care? What with the benefits system being you know, changed and whatever? And, and people are really struggling and, uh, and people are really asking that question, who cares? But we do have an answer, don't we, folks? Yeah. We have an answer. This is Who Cares? Hallelujah. 
factual statement. God actually cares for us. God loves you. Now that is, that is really um, in danger of becoming a, 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 religious, a religious cliche that God loves you. But you know what? If God was on Facebook, he would like you. Yeah? <laughs> and I tell you what, there was another song. Um, I remember the one day as we were sitting, um, uh, my, my then girlfriend and I, we were sitting in the kitchen again. This is the place where, uh, where things just seem to happen. And I was working on, a, on another song. This song is called Jesus Is. And all the things that Jesus can be to each one of us. Jesus is a shepherd. What kind of things is Jesus is? Is a shepherd? Yeah? What else? Jesus is... Jesus is what? What? Sorry? Say yes. Did somebody say Jesus is mighty? Yeah? Jesus is, a, he can be, Jesus is our friend. Yeah? He's a teacher. Yeah? And I tell you what, I've found that Jesus has taught me some stuff. I'll tell you all about this in a moment, but Jesus is our teacher as well, yeah? He's our provider, yeah? That's, uh, uh, wow. I can tell you some stories as well, like your hair curl, I mean, look at mine. Yeah? <laughs> yeah? Any, anything else? He's coming back. Saviour, alright, excellent. Saviour, yeah? He's coming back, yeah? Excellent, yeah? Praise the Lord. Jesus is all of these things, and this is called Jesus is.
Jesus is. Jesus is. Wow. Jesus is our healer. Yeah. Some people have probably been, had personal experience of being healed. Yeah. yeah. Personal experience of being healed. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I know this guy has. Yeah. Um, and I tell you what, Jesus can be to you all that you want him to be. Jesus can be to you all that you want him to be. I know that um, there's, a, there's a guy, Andre Crouch, who wrote a song. Yeah, anybody heard of Andre Crouch? Yes. I'll sing one of his songs right now. You probably know this one. I absolutely love this one.
upon his word. Situations, circumstances, they happen. They happen. But do you know what? If you can trust God, I mean, I'm saying this from experience. If you can trust God through your, whatever your experience is, I can absolutely, absolutely say from experience that God will bring you through. God will bring you through. I'm not just saying this because I heard somebody say it. I'm not just saying it because I read it in a book. I'm telling you my personal experience. You might be going through something at the moment. Whatever it is that you may be going through, just hang on in there. Just hang on in there and trust God. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. Yeah? Because our own understanding says, it's all over, it's all finished. But what do you know, eh? Trust the one who knows the end from the beginning. He may well have a surprise for you. Yeah? Yeah? He may well have a surprise for you.
called My Tribute, right? And it was written by Andre Crouch. But really, that is a song sung from the heart, as far as I'm concerned. Because going on in my story, um, Esther's mum, Jamie's mum, that's Jamie over there by the way. Hi, just give him a wave, Jamie. <laughs> Jamie's my second son. You can probably can see the resemblance. <laughs> anyway, um, we, uh, we, as I said, we uh, got together and we ended up getting married. And we married in 1987. And um, we had, as I said, we had six children, uh, three boys and three girls represented by Esther and, and, and Jamie. And I remember one day, I remember one day, as I was, um, I was chatting to, to, to their mum, and I said to her, I said, do you know, I wouldn't mind being involved in a musical. Now, I, I had been involved in a very successful uh, musical, and I thought, you know, I wouldn't mind being involved in a Christian musical and I wouldn't mind touring with this Christian musical. I'd also toured with, uh, um, I'd done some professional theatre work. I'd um, been involved with a, uh, a theatre company um, and they, they offered me a contract and because uh, I, was, I was wanting to get uh, what they call an equity card. Um, and this equity card, you can only get an equity card having, uh, having had three professional engagements. And you can only get a professional engagement if you've got an equity card. So, <laughs> so I, managed to, um, I managed to get um, three professional engagements because I'd done some, some, some work. As I said, I'd done the, the musical uh, King, and as a result of that, ATV, which was the, the, television, the television company for Birmingham at the time, they got interested and made a film of it, and, uh, in which I, which I starred in, and um, they offered me a professional contract. So that was my first professional engagement. I'd also done the, the musical on radio, so they offered me a professional, the BBC offered me a professional uh, contract for that, so that was my second professional engagement. And then there was this other, it was an opera. And this opera was called, uh, the, Italian, the Italian title was Il Seraglio, and it was basically the escape from the harem. And in it, um, you know, I auditioned for it. Well, I didn't have to audition for it because the, um, the, I'd known the, the producer because I'd done some theatre work with him uh, previously with the, uh, the Birmingham Youth Theatre. So he offered me this professional engagement and I took it with both arms. Uh, and basically, he offered me the part of the mute. <laughs> so they'd obviously heard me sing. <laughs> anyway, um, so we toured with that. So and I really loved the idea of touring. So I said to my I said to my wife at the time. I said, uh, 
you know, I wouldn't mind being involved in a Christian musical, being involved in ministry and touring with a Christian musical. And one day she was looking through, she was looking through the papers and she said, oh look, they're looking for some Christian singers here. So I said, oh yeah. And then she read me all, all of the, what it said and he said, report to a Mr. Roger Jones. Anybody heard of Roger Jones? Yes, yeah. Okay, she said, and, 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 um, and I, I thought to myself, I wonder, now I'm going back now, yeah, we're rewinding in the TARDIS, okay. Um, when I was at school, doing the musical King, we'd recorded it, and my music teacher, who was a close friend of Roger Jones, played the musical to Roger Jones, who said, it's a great piece, it's, it's a shame that you had to get a professional to get to play the main part. And he said, oh no, no, that's one of our students. So I thought, I wonder if it's the same one. So I went along and met him and I found out it was the, the same one. And I remember just chatting to this, you know, chatting to this man. And I thought to myself, you know, um, I wonder um, if, you know, how we're going we're gonna to be because in my Christian experience, I've, I've had a pretty um, revolutionary Christian experience um, and I thought to myself, I'll, I'll see if we'll get on, you know. And so I, I chatting to this man, I just said to him, um, uh, do you know what, I said, um, a few years ago I had an experience that we call being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he said, oh yes, we believe in that. And I thought, right, we're on. <laughs> so, we did a musical called Pharisee, which is the story of uh, Nicodemus, who came to Jesus by night. And um, we toured with this musical. And then afterwards, people were invited to come forward if they wanted to accept Jesus as personal Lord and Saviour. And, and tonight the invitation is open to anyone as well. And what we would do, we'd talk to them and we'd pray with them and we saw some amazing things happen as a result of these things. And it was just amazing that, you know, I'd, I'd had this conversation and every single thing just came at, at the same time. And like Sid was saying earlier on, the things that you've prayed for, please do not give up. You're going to see them. You hear me? I said you're going to see them. Don't give up. Yeah? The Bible tells us that we'll receive a harvest if we don't faint. Don't give up. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, the one day as I was... Um, as I was... Um, with my wife, um, we, I was getting ready for church the one day, and as I was getting for, ready for church, I don't know if you'll all know this song. Do you know the song that goes, cast your burdens unto Jesus, for he cares. You know it? Yeah. yeah? I was thinking of that song, and I just going over in my mind, it's from 1 Peter 5 and verse 7. <laughs> Cast all your cares on the Lord, for He cares for you. And I remember, I was getting ready for church, 
And I was thinking on that, and then all of a sudden, these words and this music came flooding into my mind. So I quickly shouted to my wife, I said, quick, get me a pen and paper. So she got me this pen and paper, and I started to write. And as I started to write, the words, the music, they all came together. The song was called simply, God Cares For You. Now, I'd love to be able to say, if there's anybody here who isn't a Christian and you haven't decided to accept Jesus into your heart as your personal Lord and Saviour, I'd love to be able to say to you that, you know, come to Jesus and it's all rosy and honky-dory and everything's going to be just fine. But sadly, it isn't. Because some years later, my wife decided that she was, she was going to go and, and basically she, she, she left and she, she met somebody else. Um, and I'd love to say to you that, you know, it was, I, I was fine about it, I was like, that's alright, you, you know, but I wasn't, was I kids? <laughs> I was actually a broken man. I was broken into teeny tiny pieces. <laughs> and I was absolutely beside myself. And I'd sung the song before, I'd sung it at church and, and what have you. And there's a lady not too far from here, just sitting in the corner there, just at the back there, holding a baby. That's the one there, waving, yes. And the one day she came to the house and she was talking to me. And I was in a bit of a moping stage. And she said, do you know what, Devon? You ought to listen to the words of your own song. Do you remember saying that? <laughs> and that really ministered to me that day. I'm going to sing the song to you. It's called... To, uh, it's called um, God Cares For You and I hope and pray because I've used this in ministry and I hope that it will minister to you Oh, wow. 
song has been a blessing to, to many people apparently. Um, I've sung it now all over the world. Um, I was, as I was saying, I, I got in, in uh, contact with Roger Jones and as a result of that I've been to lots of different places all over the world and we've sung musicals and we've, we've been involved in the ministries um, and ministering to people. And one of my greatest experiences was when I went to Jerusalem. I've just been to Jerusalem a couple of weeks ago, um, but the first time I went was in 2000. And I remember we were all, um, there was a group of us, we were doing a musical called Jerusalem Joy, which is the, the, the story. Has anybody heard of Jerusalem Joy? No? You've heard of it. Ah, you've heard of it. Um, Jesus rode the donkey into town. Yeah. Um, and as we were. Um, as we were um, doing this musical, I remember that there were things happening behind the scenes. Now, like I said, God is doing stuff behind the scenes. Even as you're praying, God is doing stuff to bring about your prayer request. Yeah? Now, I remember that um, when, we were, uh, when we would get together after the performances, a group of us would get together and there was a room where there was a piano and I'd sit down there and I'd, I'd play some of the songs including this one, God Cares For You. And I remember that there were people in the choir who would say about the different difficulties that they were having. Some people were having emotional difficulties. Some people were having problems with self-image. There was one girl who came with her mum this girl was a 14-year-old girl and she came and when her and her mum would stick together they were just they were one unit and basically when there was anything happening where there was a social event where we were all get together they would 
they would quickly go back to their room and I remember the, the last night we were doing um, Jerusalem Joy and Roger had asked me to give my testimony like I'm doing now and, and I, I remember saying about how um, it was the whole thing with the, the breakup of the marriage it was still raw and I, I was still, I'd be still crying, you know, I'd never cried so much, I didn't know I had so many tears. And I remember um, um, the, the last words are, Jesus is alive today, in that musical. And I remember saying about how, I said, how do we know that Jesus is alive today? And I started to give my testimony, and I started telling about how Jesus had done certain things in my life, how Jesus had brought me to that particular moment in my life and how that even in that, even in the difficulties that I was going through in that time, at that time, because I remember that when the, when the marriage first broke up, I would talk to God in a particular way. It wasn't nice. But do you know what? God knew and God knew me. I was venting my anger. I felt that God had taken everything from me, just lifted up and then given it to given it to my wife, just taking it all and just giving it to her. And I remember the one day, I, you know, in my mind, as I said, you know, sometimes we speak to ourselves when we're going through emotional hurts and pains and whatever. And that what we hear, the negatives we hear, we sometimes keep for some reason. And I remember saying to God, everything just seemed to be going wrong for me. And I said to God, I suppose you're happy now. I suppose you're happy that everything's going wrong for me, that I've lost everything. And I remember hearing God say these words to me. Do not say in your heart that I delight in your downfall and he was very strict about it do not say in your heart that I delight in your downfall and then he told me about all the things that Jesus did for me on Calvary's cross then he asked me this question Jamie he said would you do that to your own children and I went whoa and that's what made me realize all these things that were happening to me, they weren't from God. God wasn't doing all this. And after that, I found, I discovered something I had never known before in all of my Christian life. Intimacy with God. I discovered an intimate relationship with God. Now, there are levels of intimacy, right? Now Jesus would often talk to a crowd. This is a level of intimacy. It's quite, it's quite cosy here with, you know, just talking to you guys. I mean, I've, I've, I've played in venues where there are 2,000 people, you know, and, and, and that's not quite as intimate as this. But Jesus would talk to a crowd and he would, you know, probably tell them a parable. And can you imagine him being in that crowd? You could tell all your friends. I've been, in the, I've been in a place, I've been in the same space as Jesus. But then Jesus would take his disciples away and explain 
the parable. That was then another level of intimacy. But then there was James, Peter and John. Yet another level of intimacy. And then there's a, a level of intimacy that a man shares with his wife. And that is another level of intimacy. And God wants to have an intimate relationship with each and every one of us. And I remember as I, you know, I, I discovered this level of intimacy. And what I would do, I would pray, and then I'd shut up. And I would listen. And I would hear God teaching me things. He was teaching me some amazing things, things I've never heard before. And I remember, I remember going somewhere and I met an Australian girl. And I was talking to this girl about faith. Just the things that God had shared with me. She said, have you had a Bible study on faith? And I said, no. I said, this is the things that God has been sharing with me. And it was so exciting. I remember, um, because of the breakup, I'd been away from church for a long time because I couldn't face meeting people. And when I went back, I remember that the things that the minister was saying, I said, well, I had this a couple of weeks ago. And God was just sharing and confirming things with me. And God wants to have that level of intimacy with each and every one of us. Do you know, there was a time when I was, I was actually walking. Uh, uh, I, was, I lived in, um, uh, in Balsall Heath. I remember walking down the road the one day and I saw a friend of mine in the distance. And God said to me, go and speak to this guy. He said, he's got a problem with children. Right? It's children and, you know, different women. He's got children from uh, different women. So I went and I, I went to, and I was chatting to this guy and I said, are you alright? And he said, oh, things aren't good. And I said, go on, tell me. And he said, well, I've got these five children. I said, say no more. From different women. He went, yeah. And then I just started to share with him what God had, what God had laid on my heart. And that guy gave his life to Jesus Christ that night. I tell you what, when we, have, when we share that level of intimacy with God, he will share information. God's not a gossip. God's not a gossip, understand this. He's not a gossip. But what he will do, he will give us information that we can use for specific purposes. For purposes of ministry, he'll give us wisdom at the right time. Um, just trust me on this. Trust God on this. If you just, just share this level of intimacy with God, and see what God can do with you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, as I was saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be wrapping up in a minute. But I want to just share a song that, um, that I wrote. Um, it's a very simple, very simple song. Simple song, simple composer, you know. Um, uh, and I, I wrote this while standing at the bus stop. Now, I was waiting for a bus for an hour and a half. <laughs> That's not good, right? I stood there waiting for this bus and I remember I'd see all the buses going the other way but no buses were coming my way and I remember thinking, no, I'm not going to complain, I'm not going to moan, I'm going to worship. And as I began to worship, I began to just sing in the spirits and as I began to tell the Lord how wonderful he was, these words came, this song. 
You can join in because it's very, very simple, as I said. Excellent. 
everybody and right up to you Amen. looks you in the eye and starts singing to you and he sings these words my child how beautiful this girl 
transformed right before my very eyes. It was amazing. And this girl would send me letters, you know, to, of encouragement because I she knew that my situation. And she would be sending a 14-year-old girl sending me these, these letters of real encouragement with Bible verses and everything. And I was absolutely amazed. And then on the final night when we were in, in Jerusalem, we all got together and everybody was kind of giving their little testimonies of how God had moved in their lives. And I was just absolutely amazed at the things that were happening. One of the particular reasons for that why I was amazed was that a lot of people were saying, well, Devon, if it hadn't have been for you. And I was thinking, do you know what? God does everything totally the opposite to the way that we do. If we have a broken item in the house, we tend to get it and to throw it in the bin. I was broken and God was using me. And I, I was just absolutely amazed. And Amen. praise the Lord, I'm just absolutely amazed. And this is it. Don't matter how you feel, folks. It doesn't matter if you feel that I'm all washed up. You might feel that I'm not good enough. Please do not ever think that. But understand this, that it doesn't matter who you are. You are a child of God. And because God has saved you, he saved you for purpose. God, when God came into your life, he gave you everything that you need for life and for godliness, yeah? So you can pray for the sick and see them recover. You don't have to be, you don't have to spend 10 years at theology class or, or whatever. You can pray for the sick. And I, I understood, I began to understand this, that it isn't the things that, you know, the people who are all together and they've been to Bible college and they've done all you know, they've done so many hours of charity work and whatever. It isn't those people that God is necessarily going to choose. He'll choose. He'll choose who he's going to choose. And if you've done those things, that's all very good, yes. But don't ever think that you are in any way disqualified because you don't have the qualifications that you think you need to have. And the, the, the fact that God could use somebody who was broken was just absolutely amazing. And I remember the one day, uh, as I was in church, and I began to sing this song, I don't know if you remember it, I began to sing. He's turned my morning into dancing again. He's lifted my sorrow. Something had broken. And in the, in the hours of intimacy that I shared with God, in those times that I was sitting with the Lord, crying my eyes out, uh, the Lord was doing something. And I tell you what, like I said, my parents saw something in me, sent me to piano lessons. Somebody else said that I had the ability to sing. I got involved in a, in a musical that was very successful. I, you know, I toured 
with a, a, an opera, even though I played the mute, and they didn't let me sing. <laughs> I toured all those different things came together. Yeah? The Bible says that all things worked together for good to them that love God. Every one of you, I want to say everybody here today, things are working together for you, for your good. Things are working together for your good. And you know the brilliant thing about God is that he can even take the bad things. The bad things that are there for your downfall. The bad things that are there for your ruin. God says, okay, let's use this then. And he'll use it and work it together and you will be the better for it. The devil's a liar. The devil's defeated. You are on the victory side. Amen.
Well, thank you, Devon. Thank you. Um, Devon, we're going to be saying thank you for Devon, but he would point the praise yeah. to the King of Kings Amen. and the Lord of Lords. So let's give Jesus a praise.